If you're not doing hiring right, then your business is not going to succeed. But finding the right people is a nightmare. You get sent loads of irrelevant applications, so you spend hours sending LinkedIn messages to great talent, hoping for the best, and honestly, it's just exhausting. The good news, though, is I can tell you about Otter, who I use at my company Heights to hire some of our best people. Otter have over a million users on their platform, and they match my jobs to only the most relevant candidates. Plus, Otter makes sure candidates know exactly what kind of company they'd be joining, our mission, our values, and our culture. This means by the time I get to interviews, the applications that come from Otter are on a completely different level. The whole process is quicker too, so ultimately, we get to hire the best people in less time. So, if you want to upgrade your hiring, check out otter.com forward slash secret leaders. That's O-T-T-A dot com forward slash secret leaders. I went down my list of people that I would talk to in situations like this, and I'm like, I really fucked up here. I don't see any other way other than to just chop this whole thing. And and the, the worst thing was we weren't growing in any other way besides the sales machine. That's Adam Robinson, the founder and CEO of Retention.com, a SaaS business which is on an insane growth trajectory. He thinks he's actually on his way to bootstrapping it to a unicorn this year with him owning most of it. But before Retention.com, Adam failed. In fact, like most successful people, he's had a bunch of failures. But the one that sticks out most to him is what we're talking about today, so we can learn from entrepreneurs like Adam sharing their toughest moments. Here's the crazy thing though. Before Adam got into startups, he was at Lehman Brothers when it collapsed in 2008, sparking a global economic failure. And in fact, as I'm recording this, Silicon Valley Bank has just collapsed. What do they say about history rhyming, huh? Anyway, Adam was right at the epicenter of that 2008 crash. I was trading real estate credit default swaps. Like I was in the middle of it all. (laughs) Like the movie, The Big Short is literally about the job that I had for 10 years. People that I worked with are in that movie. But his experience of that monumental banking failure isn't what you'd think. This is what's, what's wild about it as it related to my personal situation. Like Wall Street sort of won with that whole thing in a lot of cases and Main Street lost in a lot of cases. So like what I was doing specifically, it's what was called a bear market product. So when the market really crashed, everybody doing my job killed it because we credit default swaps are insurance on security. So like just by being in the middle of it all, we were absolutely crushing it. I was 27. So I was at an age where I hadn't received a lot of stock yet. But like Barclays, who ended up buying us, they wanted the people, especially of these businesses that were like powerhouses during turbulent markets. So I ended up getting a bonus that was like four times more than I got paid the year before to like go to Barclays. Like I like became a millionaire like on the day, you know what I mean? Like on the day that like the crisis happened, it was a very strange way to observe it all. Cause you know, especially as like a sort of immature 20 year olds, you know, it's like, it's just such diff- such polarizing messages and forces and whatever. It's like, well, in some ways, Lehman Brothers going down was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. <laughs> I-, I had a huge year. I had a mammoth year the year afterwards. And then I could quit in like 
you know, start a startup and not take investor money. It was wild how it all played out. Adam had money to burn and happened to be living in just the right apartment to get the startup bug. My roommates started Vimeo, the video sharing website, in the apartment that I was living in. So I always had this idea that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And after the crisis, I like, you know, basically got an opportunity to reevaluate my career, to put it, <laughs> to put it lightly. And I was like, I'm going to try to go into tech. And I started, do, you know, what do you do? Like going from being a CDS trader to being a startup guy is not, it's not very obvious what you should do. Where, you know what I mean? Like where you should even start. So I was just like, I had saved money and I was like, I'm just going to spend the next five years doing whatever, just going down rabbit holes. And if I run out of money, I'm going to get a job, <laughs> you know, but I'm just going to go see if I can make this work. I just started, you know, I made a bunch of bad investments that all went to zero. I started hanging out with people that I perceived were like starting these tech companies, none of whom knew what they were doing, even remotely. And like my brother was using this uh, application that basically did email marketing and customer reviews. It got shut down in one week. He's like, we should rebuild this product and go find this guy's customers. He spent a lot of money on customer acquisition. That's where it got started. So they founded this email marketing company. Think MailChimp or Klaviyo, but on a smaller scale. The way they grew was by going through a list of former customers from the company Adam's brother had worked at before it had folded. Now, back to the apartment. So the craziest thing about this story is I was running this business out of my apartment. And like these Vimeo guys, when, when they moved to New York, like they got this big loft that was like kind of like an MTV Cribs type of place. You know, it was like wild, but it had a bunch of bedrooms, and it, but it was cool. And, you know, I was like, I want to start a company in this place, you know? So like, finally I get my chance when I'm like 30, which is very different than doing it when you're 22, but I'm doing the same thing. And I'm just like, I made one of the bedrooms an office and it was like originally like me and my co-founder and, and Anne, who actually still works for us. And took a, a year and a half to launch the product. And then just like person by person, we started like bolting on salespeople. At one point, I had 38 people coming to my apartment. Like there were, there were like rows and rows, like a trading floor in the middle of the room of this boiler room that people were just like smiling and dialing. It was crazy. And we had, we had basically like, we had one pool of, I don't know, like 250,000 leads that were excellent. Like we kind of like knew they were buyers of this other product and it was first name, last name and zip code. And we had the business name and we could call and ask for the person. And like, it was just amazing. And then we had a million other leads that I knew were way less. We didn't know if they were a customer. We didn't have the zip code. We didn't have the name. And like, it was like Joe's coffee shop. Like how many Joe's coffee shops are there? Like probably a lot. Right. So, so just the data quality was like substantially worse. But like, all we knew was this sales org and it worked so long as the leads didn't burn out. So like, I took our three best guys and had them work on this list for like a month. So had three guys tested out, looked like it was compelling and going to work. And so I proceed to ramp a whole sales machine into this, which meant I poached an expensive full-time recruiter. This is terrible. She was an immigrant from Australia and like had like a green card issue. I 
started an internship program and I hired probably like 10 salespeople in our first batch. Buy all the equipment, get all the desks set up, get everybody sitting down. They start dialing this list and like people are not even picking up. It was a full-blown disaster and Adam saw only one option. I had to walk into a room where there were, of the 38 people, 30 of them, I mean, we kept eight people and then scaled it down to six after a couple months because eight was too many. We tried to keep our like best, best, best or whatever. 30 of them, I had to say, if you're standing in this room, you don't have a job anymore. And just like the looks on their faces, like, what do you mean? It's like, I totally fucked this up. Like, I, I, I totally misread the quality of this list. I should not have hired any of you. And then this is like this girl from Australia. She's like, dude, you're like causing me like a major like immigration problem here. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, <laughs> like we're not doing this, right? Like I'll give you a couple months severance. What do you want to say? Say you're employed. Like, I, I just don't know how, you know, so that girl's definitely never forgiven me. That's for sure. Adam says it was horrible, but he also thinks his swift response was a sign of good founder discipline. I think the two most valuable skills that I have over 10 years as uh, an entrepreneur is I can create product very quickly and lightly and like test with a very light minimum viable product. And I actually have the discipline to do that. And I understand what that means. Like first product took me a year and a half. This current one, like we were up in eight weeks, <laughs> you know, like, and then fire people very quickly when you know it's not gonna work out. Like, and I love this saying, and I just wish it would resonate more in everybody I work with in every entrepreneur's head. If there's any doubt, there's no doubt. If you're even thinking, is this the right person? You need to let them go. You can let yourself, I think it's a good rule to like let yourself internalize it for a week. But if you're having that thought and you're still having it, cause like we can be emotional. If you're having that thought and you're still having that thought seven days later, you need to cut bait. Like, like period, <laughs> you know, the difference between the right person in a role and the wrong person in a role is like a 1000 X outcome that is like compounding over time. Adam also learned not to hire too zealously into an opportunity to be more measured. And he realized just because your three best people can do something, it doesn't mean most people can. But he also learned something about failure at a much higher level, bizarrely from another person he shared a space with. You just have to keep going. Like, I will, I will leave you with one story. A better story than mine. Everybody has heard of Jasper AI, I'm sure. It's this GTP3 thing. It's amazing. Dave, the CEO, I've been renting an office from Dave for four years. Dave started Jasper AI two years and two months ago to the day. Dave, before Jasper AI, he was stuck. They had just spent a year, they had a two and a half million top line burning $50,000 a month SaaS startup that was not growing. They made a big bet on creating a personalization app, took them 18 months to build. They spent $2 million on it. It did not work. They literally just deleted the code. Didn't work at all. They were down and out. I have texts from him at the time talking about like whether they should sell this business for $3 million or whatever, run it for cash or whatever. And Dave and I at the time, we were like, oh, like, 
because I had started this company called Get Emails, which is what retention.com is to, it kind of evolved to that. I was really negative on it because we hadn't had product market fit yet and our churn was high. But like, I still had these two businesses and they were both cash flow positive. And I convinced Dave, I was like, just start a couple more startups. You know, you have a portfolio of these things. I have a text from him, which I will show you. It is unbelievable. It is on December 20th, 2020. It says, first paying customer, had the idea seven days ago. Hopefully this is my get emails, right? 14 months later, they raised $200 million at a $1.5 billion valuation. The founders sold $25 million each of secondary. That's what you, that's what you do when you're stuck. That is my answer. It totally changed my perception of my own business. I sat here and fucking watched these guys. Like, even if I heard myself tell this story and I didn't watch it, I wouldn't have thought it was possible for me. Like I was just trying to create a better lifestyle business for myself. Now I'm playing as big as I could possibly be. I have 100% conviction that I'm gonna have a unicorn that I have bootstrapped and own almost all of by the end of the year, all because I watched that happen. That is what you do if you're stuck. That is what you do when you fail. You keep fucking trying. Adam Robinson on the grit you need to make it as an entrepreneur. You might fail with one startup, you might fail with several, but you've got to keep going. Thanks for listening to this episode. I've been your host, Dan Murray-Serta. If you like the episode, please hit follow or subscribe. See you next time. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.